You've just entered the Disaster Tough podcast, the place for emergency managers, first responders, and humanitarians who want to get the job done. Stories, lessons, and tips are provided by field experts. I'm your host, John Scardina, owner of Doberman Emergency Management and former federal emergency response official who's responded to some of the most extreme disasters. Disaster Tough is our mantra. It combines experience, training, and analytics in order to be successful at any stage within the disaster life cycle. It means being a professional in emergency and disaster services. Doberman Emergency Management lives by this. If your organization needs to fill a gap, please contact us. We can help. Contact info is in the show notes. We also support other products and organizations that will increase your ability. For example, if you fight wildfires, hurricanes, a pandemic, any disaster in the field, at a hospital or command center, listen up. You're missing out if you do not use L3 Harris for your radio comms. They are secure, portable, mobile, and scalable, which is great news for us in the field. A truly disaster-tough radio system. Check out the XL family of radios by clicking on the show notes or simply go to L3Harris.com. When you think of situational awareness, you need to think of Futurity IT. They are disaster tough because they saw a gap and figured out how to close it by creating the Orion and Athena applications. Situational awareness is all about speed, coordination, and accuracy of information. Futurity IT's Orion app collects and provides preliminary damage assessments and integrates all incident action plan documents with WebEOC. The Athena app allows for planning, contact tracing, and customizable group coordination in every single phase of the disaster lifecycle. The best part? Futurity IT made both applications extremely intuitive. It's so easy to use. Click on the show notes today to schedule a free demo. the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. Of course, I'm so excited to be here this week. I get to talk to Kevin Pig. Kevin Pig is a great man for a couple of reasons. One, he really does know his stuff, and so we're going to be talking about that today. But like me, he's a mentor of the great Rodney Melsick, who's on this show. I think it was episode six a long time ago, so we got to get him back on. Rodney, of course, is the legend. So anybody who's trained by him, especially like Kevin, is going to be an expert in the field as well. So we're going to be talking about some of those experiences. Kevin also has a unique experience because he has local, state, and federal experience, and so we can be talking about that today. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Loving every minute of it. Let's get going. <laughs> That's right. Hey, first, uh, I just want to say congratulations on the new job. You work at Essel Environmental now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, again, congrats on the new yeah. role. That's pretty exciting. So. Uh, let's, let's talk about Rodney first. Rodney, uh, shared, shared with me a story about Carson city, Nevada. He said that, uh, one oh, of, yeah, one of his favorite deployments he's, he was ever on was, uh, writing the earthquake swarm plan, an earthquake swarm yeah. plan for their Northern Nevada. So can you talk to us about that deployment? Was that your first touch in emergency management or were you already involved in emergency management at that point? Oh, uh, I, you know, <laughs> This is a this is a great story. So yeah, I uh, before that I had you know I had gotten my degree in emergency management from North Texas. Uh, I went and worked at Florida and Putnam County Emergency Services. We got hit by uh, Hurricane G and Francis, and was able to work in uh, Fort Worth Tarrant County Emergency Management. Uh, did a lot of Katrina work. Uh, worked on bioterrorism and you know a lot of planning and. 
and um, I was really wanting to get uh, an overall rounded experience in, in emergency management. And, you know, I, I worked for FEMA uh, and I decided, you know, why not? And so I was kind of in between like region six and I hadn't really cho- chose a cadre yet. Mm. And uh, I get this call from uh, another great legend in emergency management, Ian Dixon. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, that's uh, what... and and he basically says, uh, Rodney Melsick would like to talk to you. I'm like, Rodney Melsick? I, I don't know who Rodney Melsick is. <laughs> um, uh, we've all been there. That's funny. Last words, right? Yeah. And so, um, but he's like, hey, I saw your you know, your resume, do you think you'd like to, to come out to Carson City? You've got a, a planning background and, and we're looking for planners uh, to kind of join our Region 9 group. And and, uh, and, and at the time, you know, it, it, it sounded exciting. So, you know, usually you, you go to disasters, you get deployed to, to go to disasters. But when, when I, I joined Region 9, it was like my first deployment was Carson City, Nevada. And yeah, it was, it was a concept of operations plan that, that we were working on. And it was a, a room full of uh, a lot of subject matter experts, basically helping Nevada develop um, how, to, how to do centers of gravity and courses of action for uh, earthquakes, and uh, especially the Northeast region. And um, Rodney, uh, he, he's a character, you know. Yes. And out of the gate, you know, he, he, you know, I'm like writing my plans. Like, oh, yeah, I've written the Bible. Yeah, I've written MMRS planning, CEM plans and all that, you know, comprehensive plans and functional plans and all that. So, you know, I'm writing my stuff. And, and like the first day Rodney's over here, he's reading. He's like, what? Who, who wrote this? What, what is this type of this, this writing you've got here? This, this isn't right. Oh. Oh, it's terrible. And I was like, and Ian was like, no, that's pretty much just how Rodney talks. <laughs> so uh, Rodney really mentored me uh, and, and and kept me by his side through FEMA planning. Uh, I was on Region 9, but I also uh, assisted uh, the IMAT team. Um, back then it was uh, Marty Hickman. I don't know if you were familiar no, with him. I don't him. know Marty. Yeah. Uh, I would go them and, and and go to do the you know the IMAT assessment stuff but Carson City was unique because we we were deployed to write a plan and then exercise and we worked from the hotel and it was across the street from the casino and and uh and so you know it, it was just it was a really nice job is right next to Tahoe so you know we drive out to Tahoe and everything but we actually won uh the secretary's award for for team excellence for that plan. Oh wow, that's uh, awesome! From from Mike Chertoff, and that, that's you know one of the things I was the most proud of, and and um, we put together a good plan, and then we exercised it, and, and working with Roddy was just you know always a an adventure. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, first of all um, c- I, another congrats, right? Congrats on the award. Uh, that's a big honor too. So you should be proud of that, and uh, for the work you did, and. Um, I love Rodney because, uh, in fact, I was talking to St- uh, Dr. Stephen Johnson on the show about it. He, Stephen Johnson calls him uh, like a secret alpha, 
like you start following him and his train of thought and you don't even know you're really doing it for a little while. And you're just like, wait, you know, everyone just starts to migrate towards Rodney. And, uh, oh, yeah. he, he's a great leader because of that. And, um, yeah, it shows like you already had a wealth of experience before you went in there. It, it also does highlight that you can be very, very good and somebody else can be very, very good and just be doing it differently. And what yeah. I find fascinating about that is, I mean, this speaks to probably why Rodney likes you so much is because, you know, Rodney was the leader. He was the planning section chief. And so an emergency mm -hmm. manager talked about that learning point, right? The emer an emergency manager has to be able to take what they can bring to the table, but also meld into the, the current operational right, uh, tempo, right? So if he wants it one way, you got to work on that way and uh, be able to fight yeah. for what's right, but also, you know, just to, to be a team player. So that's a great call out there too, so. You know, the thing about Rodney is he says that stuff. Uh, if he likes you, you know, he'll give you a hard time. And <laughs> Rodney and stopped giving me a hard time so a while that, ago, so that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Nah, well, that's why because he works for you now. <laughs> He's well, it's, that's funny to bring that up because uh, I didn't hire Rodney. Rodney informed me when he retired uh, from FEMA that he was working with me. And that that's how that conversation went. And of course, I was like, oh, of course, you know, the guru. Uh, so it, and he's like a funny guy, like like you said. So, um, yeah, beyond. So let's see. Carson City swarm uh, swarm uh, earthquake plan. Right. Where did you go from there? Were you hired right. on? Were you like a or, or did you stay in the cadre to res, as a reservist? Or you, I, I know you eventually ended up in the state of Louisiana. Um, but what was your kind of right. career path from there? You know, right after that, um, right after that, uh, I was sent to uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, my next deployment um, was to work on the hurricane timeline mm. that uh, the governor's office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness was working in correlation with FEMA. And, uh, Gustav hit, and I accidentally managed the largest federal pet shelter in the United States history. Oh. A whole other story. I got sent up to go uh, drop off some, uh, some 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 scanning documents and and, and the software. And I get up there, and there's no one there. And uh, there's a few Red Cross people, and 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 I was like, well, you know. They're coming. <laughs> They're on the way. They're like right behind me. The evacuation is happening. And it was like no cops set up. There was no, oh gosh. no electricity, uh, no wireless capabilities to scan people in. Because the goal is to scan people in and badge them. And, and uh, next thing I know, four days later, um, me, myself, and uh, a few other FEMA employees, uh, great people, ended up um, being like the operational managers of that shelter. Wow. And it, it was just an, it, it, an insane experience. As a matter of fact, I'm writing an article about it right now. It's called How I Accidentally Managed the uh, Largest Federal Shelter in the United States History. <laughs> That's so a that cool title, it, too. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it'll be comical because it was, and it was very hard work. But after that, that was something I did for my call. 
who was the FCO. And after that, between him and Rodney, um, I just worked for them. Mm. When he saw me do that and Rodney saw what I did with, with, I just, I basically, I stayed in region nine. Um, you know, I worked out of Oakland a bit working on plans when I wasn't deployed. Uh, I ended up going to, uh, Washington DC through my headquarters. Mm. Um, when Bob Fitton was up there with Dan Stevens is a great guy and, uh, worked in training, exercise and doctrine. And then I, uh, I actually got in a relationship with someone from Louisiana and I couldn't be going all, all out and about, you know, like I, I used to five years of that, you know, you just, you're deployed, you're on the road, you manage a disaster after disaster after disaster. And so one thing I did is I bought a dog, I bought a little Jack Russell Terrier. I was like, okay, I got to take care of this dog now, which means I got to find a job where I'm not always out in the field. So I got a job with the governor's office and I started to go into uh, public assistance and hazard mitigation. And that was giving me a different um, background because now I was really getting into the grant management part of things. And uh, before I had done emergency operations centers and planning and, uh, you know, um, that, you know, all the overall comprehensive emergency management things we have to do at the local level. But now I was at the state level working Katrina projects and uh, sewer and water board, New Orleans, Port of Orleans, and just these ridiculously difficult grant management issues that this state was still trying to overcome for Katrina. And it was a very valuable experience. And, um, you know, after that, I decided to join the private sector. I had gotten my local, state, and federal experience. I figured I was a a comprehensive emergency manager and, and, you know, it was time to get out there and, and see what I could do, you yeah. know, on this level. That's uh that's, you know, your career path is both really fascinating. Uh, actually, before I get into that, just for our listeners sake, if you're like, Oh wait, when's this article going to be posted? Kevin, if you send us your article, we'll post it on our LinkedIn page. Um, the main page is Doberman emergency management group. But we'll post that article on there and uh, link it to you, so um, our listeners sure. can um, can read it. But um, in terms of your career path, it, it's really interesting in the beginning how you were like, "Oh, I wanted to pick a cadre." It's like you, you had this idea, you wanted to, to have a plan, and I I kind of had this same thing happen to me where I was like, "Okay, I was in D.C. I was going to stay in D.C. I had kind of like this this plan," and then you know I met Rodney, and it's like all kind of blew up, but. Um, a lot of these projects, it sounds like more or less it fell on fell on your lap, right? You're at the right place at the right time. And um, uh, here's a question for you. I, I here's, I've had somebody ask me this question about my business. And so I'm going to post the question to you. Do you believe uh, that it was luck or do you believe that it was skill that got you those each of those opportunities? I would say both. You know, there is a right place, right time aspect of things. Um, I always joke that, you know, uh, I don't follow disasters. They tend to follow me. <laughs> uh, you know, perfect example is when I went to Florida, we got hit with three hurricanes and I said, okay, well, I'm move back to Texas be closer to my family. I was like, well, you know, so much for hurricanes. And then Katrina hit Fort Worth <laughs> got 25,000 people, medical evacuation. Next thing I know, I'm doing hurricane again and, and an EOC operations for mass sheltering. And I'm like, well, you know, here we are again. And, you know, what's funny is 
September 11th is what got me uh, an internship with Region 6. You so and Brock Long. Out. What's up with you and Brock Long? Everywhere you go, there's like these disasters happen. I don't know. <laughs> That's what he says to you. Every, t- every time the guy goes anywhere, it's like, oh, this big disaster happened. He has to manage it. So, and Everywhere. That's what I say. They follow me. So, you know, I, I think had Ian Dixon and Rodney not actually made a concerted effort to go find someone that had a background, you know, I wouldn't have been where I was. They took the initiative to do that. Mm. But my resume had already been replete enough uh, at the local level for them to see it and say, this is a guy we want on our team. And uh, so they recruited me. And that was, you know, right place, right time for the disasters to get the experience that I've gotten. Um, it's cool. Everything I've, I've, you know, Sandy, Katrina, Rita, Gustav, um, you know, just about everything, the, the 2004 hurricanes in Florida. And I was just like, I've always kind of been in that area. I'm sorry about that. Um, but, uh, so it's, it's been a, you know, it's been an interesting ride that uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, you know, I, I was lucky they found me, but at the same time, you know, I think I would have been able to make a difference, you know, based off of my work ethic in FEMA. You know, um, Ronnie always used to say, what was it he said? He said, if, if I want a good emergency manager, sometimes I have to deploy five mm. and, and get a good one. And And once you get, you know, a name for yourself and you show that you're able to work and work well with others. And uh, it, it kind of takes care of itself. There's another person. I, I, I like that statement a lot. I like all those statements, to be honest. And um, I agree with you. I think it's uh, luck and opportunity. Uh, Patrick McGinn um, says something along the lines of, and I'm, I'm sure he's quoting it from somebody else. I don't, I don't think he tries to claim it as his own, but it's like those who are, who, those who are successful have done all the preparation so that when an opportunity does arise, they can, they can hit it. Like they can, they can do it. Right. And so it sounds like that, that's exactly what you were doing. You were doing everything right. You were doing all the preparation. You were, you're working hard. You were, you're, you were getting that experience. And so when this opportunity arises, you were able to say, okay, I'm going to take it. Or four days later, you know, managing the largest federal shelter in us history. Like that's, that's insane. You know, um, I think, I think that's the reason why, oh man, I, I bring this almost up on almost every episode, but I got it. But uh, Hurricane Harvey, look at the difference between the response in Hurricane Harvey, largest hurricane response in U.S. history, largest hurricane in U.S. history, right? Category four hurricane sitting on a state for four days, that doesn't happen, right? Versus Hurricane Maria or Hurricane, uh, forget the other one, the one that hit uh, Florida. Those responses went very different. And the, the biggest difference of that is every single person on our team, well, there were, 90% of our team was had already had a ton of hurricane experience. And so we knew what we were doing. We, we understood the tempo. We worked well with the state, and it just grooved. And so when you have that high turnover rate, which sometimes happen on traveling all the time, you kind of lose that experience too. So that's kind of an, another training point. But uh, I mean, you're talking about bringing a, up excellent points there. Um when I when I think of like hearing about Kevin Pig, because I've heard a lot about Kevin Pig, I especially from Rodney, because you're one of the favorites for sure. But um, 
you know, I, I think of one of other Rodney's, one of his favorites, kind of the Rodney episode. We should, we should probably get off of that, but uh, we're not fanboys. But um, another Kevin, Kevin Coleman. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like Kevin Coleman, right? Um, he's he's another one of those. And um, he and I kind of, it's kind of funny, talking about working well together. I like our story because when we came on the team, we're polar opposites in terms of personality and uh, the, how we operate, especially in in-house. And then when we, but when we get deployed, we're both in go mode and we both work really, really well together. And um, now he's a great friend of mine and I, I have a ton of respect for him and I, I hope he has that same thing for me. But it shows that like, again, just do a ton of preparation. And so when the opportunity arises, you're able to, you're able to go. So good call outs for sure. Yeah. 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 So let's let's switch the gears away from Rodney a little bit and talk about Kevin Pig and because <laughs> you know we're we're dancing around this topic. So let's talk about your passions then. Why did you get an emergency management and what kind of fueling you now? What are you working on? Uh, so basically, you know, my dad's a firefighter. Um, my stepdad was a police officer. Was retired police officer, and you know, I I always had the the want to, to to actually be in fire at first mm. and then september 11th happened and and I, I wanted to help people you know um and as i was getting my degree in emergency management you know i i took a class in terrorism and it was a summer class and we had an fbi agent you know sit there and tell us uh okay so you know, one thing that we know is uh, our enemy number one is Osama bin Laden. And it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. And he's going to do something. And, 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 you know, that's our big problem is trying to figure out how to stop someone like that. And I remember that resonating with me. And that was a, that was a class that took place in July. That was July uh, 2001. Whoa. Two months later. Two months later, the World Trade Center happened, and I woke up to it, and being in emergency management, knowing I wanted to do fire, you know, it, it was basically like, okay, I'm going to call Region 6, because Denton is, you know, where I went to school in North Texas, and mm-hmm. that's where Region 6 is, so I was like, do y'all need any help? They're like, <laughs> could you come in and answer phones? And I'm like, yeah, uh... You know, that, that's a great thing to do. And, and, and so I got really immersed into emergency management at that point. And when I got to Florida, you know, I was my first job. I'd never even been to Florida before. Like, I'd never been to Disney World growing up, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I go out and interview for this job, and, and I get it. And I'm the emergency management coordinator, and I'm 23 years old, you know. And mm. and I'm still young and and probably a little too cocky, you know, and, and, and headstrong. And, you know, I get out there and, and I remember there was this high wind and it, and it came through and it, uh, we didn't know if it was a tornado or not. And, you know, so I went out there and there was a, you know, it, it was a rural County. And I just remember seeing this, uh, this mobile home pretty much destroyed and seeing these, this couple, you know, having to deal with that. And, they had their granddaughter with her and she was like, you know, she had like a wet flooded Barbie doll and she was trying to comb the, the water out of it. And I was like, well, this is just, this is my calling. I mean, 
it resonated with me so much that there's somebody out there that's trying to make, just make a life, make a living for themselves. And then something like that can happen and just take something from them that they never expected. And, and that's always stayed inside of me. Uh, anytime I, I forget about the difference we make, cause sometimes we don't see the difference we make in emergency management. Mm. Uh, we're not pulling people out of houses, you know, but, but with a pen, we might be saving thousands of lives, but we don't know. Uh, it's important to go back and see that, you know, remember what you see when you see people. Uh, and that's why I'm in the field. I'm in the field to help people. Perfect answer. The perfect answer. Um, that, that has to be the takeaway from this show. I mean, we're, we'll talk about other things, but um, I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, emergency, the best emergency managers are humanitarians at heart. You want to save oh, life, please. property, and continuity of operations. Anything outside of that, it's not emergency management. And um, like, you, you clearly still have that passion, which is good. You know, you meet these guys who, you know, people who've sat in the armchair for long enough and they kind of forget like how they're actually impacting people. They aren't just dots on a map. And, um, right. I, I think that's huge. Uh, something kind of similar happened to me. I was working with a bunch of different nonprofits and da da da. And then the tsunami hit in, um, uh, 2011 and some people that I knew were impacted by that. And, um, I was able to use my, my background and be able to speak Japanese and already helping with nonprofits to say like, Hey, how can I help out with the disaster? I just want to help. And it, it kind of kicked over for me. And so, Although I had been in, already in college and been, I, like I had, I did this switch from economics to emergency management because it's like I just want to help people for the rest of my life and, um, man, that's like the perfect answer. So good job on answering that. Um, well, you know, one of the one of the things that that I mean, okay, so let's just take the, the planning section for example. Okay, so let's say a FEMA uh, planning section team comes in, they're they're new. Uh, one of the things I would do as a planning section chief was I would make uh, them go tour the damaged areas because you can sit there and write an incident action plan all day and get lost in a two uh, ICS form two fifteen, mm-hmm. you know, trying to understand the tasks and and get the product out and do situational awareness, spot reports, situation reports, GIS oversight of you know operational capabilities, but not realize what you're doing it for. So I I would let um, each person in the section take like half a day or we'd go out and and look, this is what happens. Okay. This is what you're working towards. It's, it's, it's not an instant action plan you're working towards. You're working towards this. And from that is where the incident action plan comes from. So, like, especially in, like, the tsunami, you talk about tsunami, we hit had an American Samoa tsunami. And just being able to go out and see the people and, and talk to the people and, and help, you know, clean up on the weekends free and stuff like that. They, they, took, they, took, us, they took me in like family, mm. you know. Um, and it's important to be able to go out there and see that. Because, if, you know, like I said, with emergency management, we don't, we don't see things sometimes. If we're writing grants for, for recovery, we're doing reimbursement requests and working on a new amendment for a project worksheet, you know, it, 
you can get in the weeds on that and and forget that 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 happened because something was badly damaged and it affected somebody. You know, and yeah. so you have to try to keep that in perspective. I I was lucky because Rodney was um, totally had my back and like be able to go out and do like site surveys based off the GIS work we were doing. And so I'd go out there with a uh, NOAA liaison, Mike Paddock, Dr. Mike Paddock, and um, we'd go out there and we'd talk to the survivors and we would we would look to see if our data, you know, in office was matching what was out in the field. And we'd get, you know, flood height calculations, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it was extremely impactful for me to be able to actually talk to them and see their, their personal level of resiliency. People who lost everything, mm-hmm. you know, um, people like the wildfires especially um, are, are, are just wild to go out there and just talk to people who are just looking at this thing that is that they that they lived in, that they grew up in maybe, and it's just gone. It's just white ash. And um, I, I, I still remember um, I was, uh, I think it was the Southern California wildfires. I went out there with the drone for FEMA. It's when we were doing, uh, when we were doing uh, the, the proving of the program and um i could see on my screen for the drone because i was looking at the drone that there was an individual walking up behind kind of like creepily walking up behind our suv and i was just like hey kevin or uh, not hey kevin hey uh, hey kyle like there's there's a guy coming up here um just be aware of that and so kyle you know immediately addresses the situation and we have all of our fema gear and everything and um the guy was just like, why are you out here? You know, and he was kind of, he, he kind of, you know, was kind of puffed up a little bit. And we said, hey, we're, we're here mm-hmm. to, to make sure that we capture every single home that was destroyed because we want to help people. And he was like, oh, man, there's been so many photographers and news people out here. Like, they don't care about it at all. And he just, you know, kind of just broke down. And he's just yeah. like, thank you for helping us. And um, like, that's, that's why you, you, we get out there. That's why we, we go for, months at a time, seven days a week, 12, 14 hour minimum. You know, we always say 12 hours, but it really turns into like 16, eight hour, 18 hours a day. Like that's why, yeah. because you know, no matter how hard it gets for the emergency manager, the people in the field have it 10 times harder. And then, you know, yeah. if you get to help out like, uh, with like USAR, like telling USAR where to go and you realize like, okay, there's people in neighborhood A and people in neighborhood B and you just said, go to B you know that those people in A are going to be impacted. And so it does have right. real life right. consequences. Oh, I mean, I could talk about that all day, but yeah, great, great points. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talk about disaster tough. Sometimes I feel like maybe I'm, I'm disaster soft. It touches you after a while, you know, um, and, and, you know, there's another thing that, that, we, you know, you're absolutely right. So when we get these, these individuals who are hurt, when we talk about disaster tough, you know, a lot of the problems that's going on, we're even seeing it with COVID right now. Uh, one of the kind of the, the taboo things about it is, is emergency management that needs to be, you know, addressed more is, is uh, you know, mental health of, of the individuals. Cause you know, what happens to them is, they're very resilient at first yeah. because it happens in there and their adrenaline is pumping. It's the four months later when the house still isn't fixed, you know, 
or the two years later when the facility hasn't even gotten a, a good scope of work written yet, they haven't even started construction. You know, it's it's those things that, that can really weigh on uh, not only the, the disaster survivors, uh, but also, you know, you say, you know, people out in the field have it a thousand times worse. They do. Well, you know, we have a problem with emergency management of trying to sustain, uh, you know, healthy mentality amongst our, our, our workers who are working 12, 14, 16 hours a day uh, consistently, you yeah. know, and, and, and trying to maintain. Look at what COVID has done to just our community with, with being, you know, uh, isolated and, and some of the mental health issues. That's, coming. that's disaster related. Absolutely. You know, and that's mental health is... Yeah, mental health is part of disaster management, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and and that's one of the things. That, that's another thing I'm real passionate about. Is you know um, trying to identify that and, and come up with ways to you know um, to combat it. And it's, it's a part of our our field that I think is undervalued, and uh, I, I think that a lot of people are starting to value it more. You're seeing it pop up topics all over. Uh, and that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about a little more in the future as well. Good. So, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, definitely. And we'll bring it back on to talk about that specifically. I, we have we have talked about that on probably 80% of our shows. Because anybody who comes on here with real real experience knows that that's so important. You know, and, and we've all had those moments. I've talked about my personal moments of like, oh, like it's time to like really do that after action review and just like to talk to talk to... You can't really talk to everybody about it. So people don't really understand it and everybody processes it differently, but you know, just be able to like sit around the table or go get some food with some people who like really know what it's like. Uh, Joe Hernandez talked a lot about that on our uh, show. I think it was the second time he came on the show where he talked about all these different things because he does urban search and rescue the medical side. And so he's sharing these really intense experiences. And so I said, how do you process it? And so I would encourage people to go check out that episode here from Joe, but let's have you back on the yeah. show too. Just like, just do like this, this thing. We're just like to promote it because yeah, you're right. People get burned out. They do have a, the survivor has a, a thousand times worse. They really do. And, um, all right. that, but the emergency manager, anybody who does a high stress job, you got to learn how to like be able to process that and then to work with it. You have to be built for it. Yeah. You have to kind of be built for it. Um, it's not for everybody. And, and there, that is not a, a strength or a weakness. It, it, it's a matter of, of what your resiliency is over time and being able to, to, to manage that. I tell, I tell you know, people sometimes, before Hurricane Katrina, I had a girlfriend and a best friend. After Hurricane Katrina, I had broken up with her and lost touch with my best friend. They didn't understand what was going on. We're, we're, I, Kevin just disappeared, mm. you know, for like four months. And now I'll call you back. I don't have time. I mean, yeah. it, it was, it was, you know, and, and those are the things. Yeah. You know, we, we, we would, you know, don't want to tell you how to run your show or anything, but I'd love to be back to talk about that. Maybe with a few other emergency managers, you know, uh, yeah. or you could just do like a special on that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we got we got to keep it, you know, we got to keep it positive. What happens with me is I, I end up going down the rabbit hole. I've cut out probably four or five hours of just rabbit hole stuff that I've talked about on the show. Uh, but that's, that's what being, you, you say disaster soft. I think that's funny. 
I think that is being disaster tough because in my mind, does resiliency is is a broken word in our in our vocabulary. If you look at the word resiliency, and I still use it, and I'm kind of at fault for this too, but resiliency is all about being able to bounce back. Well, I don't want to have to yeah. bounce back. I want to do everything. You're, talk about that preparation versus opportunity. I want to do absolutely mm-hmm. everything I can to punch that hurricane in the face and say, I'm fine, you know? And, uh, like it's only a disaster until it impacts people. And so if you're, that includes mental health. If you know you're going to be in a high stress environment and I agree with you, you, you kind of have to be built for it a little bit, especially the long-term stuff, but yeah. you have to be able to also say like, okay, um, I know how my body reacts to this. Even if my mental is fine, like, you know, all of a sudden you're feeling overly exhausted for no reason, right? Like you start to go through these processes and as you understand them and you can address them in real time, then you don't find yourself homeless in five years, not being able to process, right? You're able to function normally. So yeah, you have to learn how to let it go. You you, you try not to take it home with you. Yeah. Uh, And, but at the same time, there's so much reward to it. You know, it's it's just it's a it's a high stress job. Uh, we we do it what we do because, you know, I don't know anybody that's been in emergency management for a long time that says like, man, I, I really don't like this. You know? <laughs> I don't like what you do in emergency management because it, it's it's a, a niche uh, group of individuals. We all know each other or we know each other's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're all out there trying to do the same thing, and you got to learn to 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 be able to to cope with it, you know, and, yeah. and come up with some some functions. But it's it's you know it's one of the most rewarding things you can do is uh is is take on those challenges and and learn how to overcome them yourself while you're helping other people. It's it's a real challenge, but it's reward. It's a re- very rewarding field to be in. It really is. Every episode, we have a quote of the week. That's the quote of the week. It's challenging. Oh, wow. but yeah, so you, you just figured it out. Like, like every episode, we try to find like this like this power statement. You've already had several of those, and we got to make a clip up based off of like the whole humanitarian thing. But like the challenge versus the reward, that's it. Like, that's the quote. And um, like, it, talk about a mic drop mo- moment from uh, Kevin Pig there. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mic drop because it's podcast too, right? So pun yeah, there. Okay, um, okay. Nice to see y'all. I'm gonna turn this off now. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we do, we do like to ask we do like to ask one really important. Well, actually, I'm gonna ask two questions. The first question is because I I, I prefaced this at the beginning of the show. Essel Environmental, your new role. You're building out these capabilities there. Um, for our listeners sake of like, okay, this guy has all this experience. Why did he go into the private sector? You know, we can talk about that later. Tell us about Essel environmental. Yeah. So basically, um, what I'm doing is, uh, I'm basically emergency management director for Essel environmental. Um, they are the third largest growing, uh, company in the, in the, uh, Northern California Bay area. Um, and, uh, it, it's been a, uh, a, Difficult wildfire season the last half decade has has really um, you know affected Northern California and California in the areas and, and uh, Nick the owner 
he was able to um, help learn the uh, wildfire response capabilities that were, were necessary for our environmental factors. And as that began to grow, uh, you know, he saw the need for, you know, um, an expansion um, to take on a more comprehensive emergency management approach to uh, the response capabilities that, that they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, he contacted me and we had a lot of good discussions. Um, and it just seemed like we were on the same page about growing a, an emergency management uh, capability model. Uh, awesome. What we want to do is um, is 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 uh, grow comprehensive emergency managers that are cross trained in uh, uh, multifaceted uh, capabilities and um, allow those people to to, to be able to be uh, available um, to go out and serve in in multiple capabilities. Uh, and, and they will be specialized in certain ways, but for the most part, you know, we want to be able to go out and say, okay, you know, how can we improve with, with new technologies? Uh, how can we give back to the field of emergency management through, uh, through offering some, you know, um, training and capabilities of our, our personnel, Mm -hmm. Uh, continue to grow our, our, our environmental capabilities in the disaster field because uh, it's such a uh, almost an unspoken you know um, field of emergency management uh, the environmental aspect of, of things and uh, being able to go out and, and ensure you know certain safety protocols and and, and all the different uh, types of sampling and testing that goes on you know, throughout the different types of disasters that occur. And um, it was just, it decided it was time to kind of, to, to, to grow the, the company and uh, start to provide the, the care for not only to continue uh, operations in, in the areas we've already worked, uh, which has been um, Deepwater Horizon and, uh, you know, the California wildfires and, um, but also start to, you know, ramp up for hurricane season and offer those capabilities as well. So it's, it's going to be a, a, an exciting venture uh, to be able to um, get out there with uh, uh, other individuals, other other folks that, that want to collaborate, want to help, uh, you know, the individuals who need it the most while we, uh, while we try to identify, you know, how we can move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, because of, because of your new role and I, I got kind of turned towards, uh, Essel, uh, there a little bit. And, you know, I, I, th- I don't know how, I mean, even emergency managers, I don't know how many people realize that every single disaster is an environmental and a hazmat disaster. Like there, you had to deal with those materials that, that get destroyed in people's homes or buildings or whatever. And so it, it's it, it's a natural fit for Essel to say, "Hey, we're already going out to these disasters to help out with this piece. Let's bring on an expert like Kevin, and uh, just start building out some of those pieces." And so, like, I, I'm one of those guys. People are like, "Wait, don't you own Doberman?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I own Doberman." But I love working with Essel and, and bringing on other people from uh, you know the parts because. 
like I really want to build up this one team, one fight mentality. And I'm sick of be people being impacted by disaster. Right. And so if we can work together and we can pull in different resources and you guys are doing, you know, damage assessments and, and, you know, hazmat stuff and you're bringing, putting people, you know, out there and, you know, another company comes in and they do like that mitigation piece and another company, like you're talking about doing a comprehensive things in house. And of course you should be able to have that capability, but it's really smart for everybody in the, in the field to want to work together because we want people to stop being impacted by disasters. So right. uh, I, I applaud you again on, on joining Essel. Too bad Doberman didn't pick you up first. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're excited for you. Um, Thank you. It's great. Of course. So the last question I'd like to ask people before we get you off of here is with all your experience working with all the different levels of government and now in the private sector, if you are going to look at the future emergency manager, if you were going to change one thing about emergency management for the future, what was what what one thing you would like to, to switch over? Um, well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, you're talking about one thing to improve upon or one thing you'd like to see change for the future? Or? Yeah. If you're just going to do something um, different in our field, what would it be? Oh, if I was going to do, if we were going to do something different. Well, if you're going to talk to the future emergency manager, you want the future emergency manager to do something different than we're doing now. What is one change or one improvement you'd like to see in the field? Oh, it's always communications. <laughs> the, the standard AAR. Okay. So I, I ask you, if you say communication, do you mean coordination or do you mean equipment? I mean, yes. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the right you answer. Know, we, we need to be able to share our information correctly and make sure that we're all on the same page. And we've been doing that and it's gotten a lot better, but, um, to continue to find the means of communication, effective collaboration. Uh, and you know, you have to leave your ego at the door in emergency management. You have to, you have to check your ego at the door. As a matter of fact, you used to have a sign that said that at an emergency operations center. Check your ego at the, at the That's hard at the for A-type personalities, man. It's hard for me. Well, yeah. I mean, well, there's pride in what we do, um, but we have to understand that in the emergency management field, knowledge is power, but not in the sense that I have the knowledge, so I have the power. Uh, mm. Good, good call out. Right call out. Yeah. If we're going to do like you say to one team, you know, or, uh, you know, as they say, uh, on the LSU football team, go Tigers, you know, one heartbeat, mm. you know, and, and that's kind of what we need to continue to do is work on our communication constantly. A lot of that has to do with training as well. You know, we like to do our, our create our procedures and then exercise them without training them. That's an effective communication tool. I love to see more training implemented in emergency management. A lot of people think of exercises as good training, and they, it is. But I would like to see individuals, you know, continue their training, continue to educate themselves, and continue to learn uh, the coordination and communication skills that that sometimes have have hurt operations because uh, lack thereof. Yeah. No, that's a, I mean, 
you're hitting all pistons there for a guy who communicates for a living, right? This podcast, um, I'm definitely a big fan of communications. And interestingly enough, two of our sponsors, one does the software Futurity IT does software for coordination for all the emergency management groups. Another one actually provides the radios and the, the LMR technologies to be able to transfer between radio and, and cell phones in, in the field. And so, you know, bet- between the coordination and between the, the actual hardware, uh, you know, you're, I, again, totally agree with you on that. And I think that's a great call out. And I, I will, I will, I will take a big deep breath when one day I don't see communication on an AAR. Um, when that happens, I'll be like, okay, we're, we're really improving here. So, um, good call out. Uh, Hey, Kevin, just want to say, you know, as we're wrapping up here, thanks again for coming on our show. We got to get you back on to talk about mental health and, and, uh, maybe you can get other people on here with you to talk about that. I love that idea. And so we can have like a group conversation with that. And again, congratulations at your new role with Essel. Oh, thank you very much. It was, uh, it was great to talk to you. I know you're having a good time. I've been enjoying the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of what you've been able to accomplish. Uh, and I think, you know, everything looks like it's going in the right direction in our field and continue to keep up the hard work. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been such a pleasure and an honor to, to be able to work with some of the most, the, you know, gracious and wonderful people, uh, that I've ever met in my life. Uh, Rodney being one of them. And, and of course, uh, you know, a lot of individuals over the years, like so many names in emergency management, I wish I could, you know, thank, but I know that the, the award show music's about to start playing, so they're going to rush <laughs> me off stage. <laughs> I just want to say thanks as well. Oh, and also, uh, you know, we were talking the other day, um, and you mentioned um, disaster movies. I'll tell you the best disaster movie for emergency management has got to be Volcano. Oh, that's a good because movie. Because it, it, Tommy Lee Jones is an actual emergency manager. And he's the superhero of the movie. So to me, that's the official emergency management movie. My, because it's the one where the hero is an actual emergency manager. It's in <laughs> Chicago, right? And they blow up the... I'm going to spoil alert, but it's like 20 years. It's, uh, it's where they blow up the building to, to change the flow of the lava, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she, interestingly enough, Sheen Godzilla that came out in 2016... That's another really great, um, anyways, we could talk about that forever. Hey, uh, you are the type of caliber of person you're talking about. You are that person. I have a ton of respect oh. for you and, um, I'm, I'm glad you came on the show. Uh, I am going to cut my own self off by, by starting this music here. But, uh, Hey, if you, if you liked Kevin's episode, you appreciate what he had to say, which you should, cause it's a great episode. You should give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Of course, it also helps us I'll be able to get great guests like Kevin back on the show. So we do it weekly. Our main social media page, of course, is Disaster Tough Podcast on Instagram. We also post on LinkedIn and Facebook, so you can check us out there. If you want to work with Doberman Emergency Management or reach out for us to, for questions with follow-up for Kevin, you can em- uh, email us at info at DobermanEMG.com. Or what we really want people to start doing, everyone sends me all these emails, which we do love. But what we want people to start doing is go to our Instagram again, Disaster Tough Podcast, and put your questions for Kevin on there so he can uh, respond directly. And uh, you know, we we could just we could just build this thing up. So check us all those things out, and we'll see you next week.